My name is Padraig Otuma, and one of the things I love about poetry is that often poetry isn't trying to describe your full life if you're writing about yourself. Poetry is trying to describe something that happened once, that it can drop into a moment, and by observing that moment, you can see all kinds of aspects of the various people that you were in that single moment. The Word by Zaffa Keneal I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to shut summer out and stay in my room, or at least attempt to, in bed mostly. It's my dad, standing in the doorframe, not entering, but pausing to shape advice that keeps coming back. Whatever is matter must enjoy the life. He pronounced this twice, and me... I heard wrongness in putting a the before life in two minds, ashamed, aware that I knew better, though was stuck inside while the sun was out, that I'm native here in a halfway house, like that sticking word, that definite article, half right, half wrong, still present between enjoy and life. There's so much in this poem that I admire and like. I'm brought instantly into an experience of being a teenager and trying to figure yourself out and uh, the world is shining outside. You've got long, languorous summers given to you in summer holidays and yet you're not outside, you're inside. And then Zafo Keneal adds this extraordinary uh, element to it in terms of the question about fluency in English. Zafo Keneal is British, born in Birmingham. His parents speak Urdu. And so his father isn't speaking in his first language. And so his father's technically making grammar mistakes, I suppose. And Zafa Keneal is awkward and aware and ashamed. Ashamed of what, though? That's partly what this poem is about. Is he ashamed of having a father whose English isn't perfect, doesn't sound native? Is he ashamed of himself for being ashamed of that? Is he ashamed of himself for being stuck in this awkward phase of teenagerhood or having a dad who's standing at the door giving you advice whether you want it or not? The very clever thing is that this poem is looking back because it's easy to forget that the very first line is I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to shut summer out and stay in my room. So this is a poet looking back to a particular summer and it does feel like this poet is more aware now than the version of himself that they're narrating in the poem. And the poem has great tenderness. The poem doesn't use the formality of father. It uses the informality, the affectionate of dad. It's my dad standing in the doorframe, not entering, but pausing to shape advice. And I wonder, was that courtesy? Was that wondering what is the gulf between a father and a son? How do they speak to each other being migrants, wondering what the culture that the son inhabits while the father's inhabiting another one? Freud said that part of the role of being a teenager is to make your parents hate you enough so that they'll be able to cope when you move away. 
And I think that's such a, an insight in terms of some of the ways within which anxiety and anger can flare up between children and their parents when you're a teenager or when you're in your early 20s. How, you know, as you're living at home and trying to figure out what this in-between space between adult and child is and how you figure out how to be independent while also, in a certain sense, continuing to be dependent. There seems to be a lack of understanding, but yet the words here, dad, pausing, shape. Those things are deliberate words, kind words, affectionate words and familial words. But the father too comes into this frame with courtesy, with this deep desire for the son to enjoy the life. The poem focuses on the grammatical mistake of enjoy the life, where perhaps it should just said enjoy life or enjoy your life. But those Grammatical mistakes are only surface. What's deeper is care, because the father says, whatever is matter must enjoy the life. And whatever is matter. I get the impression that the father knows that something is up. Something is the matter. There's something happening in this son of his that's, that means he's shutting himself up in his room. And the father's trying to, from the doorframe, say, whatever's the matter you must enjoy your life. You must enjoy life. Whatever it is that's going on, there's so many possibilities that's present in these gorgeous, loving words that he's saying, trying desperately to reach out to his son, but the son perhaps not entirely sure how to take the raft of those words and make them work for him. So often when we're in a situation, we feel like if only I had this, then I'd be able to enjoy my life. And then years later, we look back on that period and think, my God, you had all these other things. Why weren't you able to enjoy it then? I'm now the age my dad was when I was 13. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the parent of me as a 13 year old. So I have all the sympathy for my dad. And when I was 13, I had all kinds of ideas about what a good person was. And I had all kinds of criticisms of everybody, really, my dad included. And these days, if dad is ever critical of himself, I'm the one who wants to tell him to be softer in himself. And I realize now that uh, when I looked at my parents when I was younger, so often you think that they thought they were brilliant and that they were just ordering us around. Now, as an adult, I realize that my parents probably felt lost and that they were looking at us thinking, what kind of planet do you live on? And how do we speak to that planet? And how do we speak to each other? What's this great gulf between us, this gulf of language, this gulf of culture, this gulf of arts and understanding and interests? And I think I look back on them now with a softness and with a sense of congratulations for all that they did and congratulations for the kindness and generosities that they offered, even though I couldn't appreciate it at the time. I think this poem works on a number of levels. On the one hand, it invites us to be curious and cautious about the things that cause us anger or shame in relationship to the people who are closest to us, to think that that might be a button that's opening something in us rather than something for which somebody else is to blame. It's also an invitation to imagine what it might be like to look back on a time of difficulty in your life with the benefit of time. 
this poet is um, a number of years past this experience and still can't explain it, but is able to narrate himself with a kind of pastoral sensitivity as well as narrate his dad. And time has its own work to do. And sometimes explanation is not the final analysis. The final thing perhaps is being able to look on ourselves and look on the other people in our lives with kindness. The Word by Zaffa Keneal I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to shut summer out and stay in my room, or at least attempt to. In bed, mostly. It's my dad, standing in the doorframe, not entering, but pausing to shape advice that keeps coming back. Whatever is matter must enjoy the life. He pronounced this twice, and me, I heard wrongness in putting a the before life. In two minds, ashamed, aware that I knew better, though was stuck inside while the sun was out, that I'm native here, in a halfway house, like that sticking word, that definite article, half right, half wrong, still present between enjoy and life. comes from Zaffa Kunil's book, Us. Thank you to Faber and Faber and Rogers Coleridge and White Literary Agency who gave us permission to use Zaffa's poem. You can find a link to the poem in our show notes, along with Padraig's guiding question for this episode. Poetry Unbound is Chris Hegel, Aaron Colasacco, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Gautam Shrikishan, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen. And if you want even more Podrick and poetry in your life, visit us at onbeing.org, where we've recently launched an entirely new way to experience poetry. Listen, watch, or read hundreds of poems from our collection. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.